welcome back to our third episode now of Wine Talk. Wow. It feels like it's flying by really, really quick. But exciting, exciting. Today, you have something planned that you want to talk about, right? Yes. So welcome, everyone. Um, This is Evelyn. And um, today, I want to share or go in depth uh, um, a little bit more with postpartum depression. I know I share my... um, part of my experience with that and um, I wanted to go more into that because I think it's something that um, a lot of women go through. I was looking at some stats and there's about 10 to 20 percent of uh, women that give birth um, that go through that Mm -hmm. but it is also interesting because it's an under um, diagnosed because not a lot of women tell or or are diagnosed because when you do get your follow-up sometimes they ask you questions but you're in another world where you know it's it's to me it it was I feel that it's hard to be diagnosed because um the questions that they ask you are very superficial in in a way um or at least that's how I I look at it or how my experience was so if you don't feel like you're sad or if you don't feel, you know, and at that moment, sometimes you don't feel that. So mm-hmm. you say you don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of hard. But um, but anyway, so I, I do want to tap a little bit more into that and what um, my experience more in debt. Um, I know that um, when I, um, I, I'm not sure if I got it right when I had my first or my second son. Mm-hmm. But I I have a great feeling that I did because of the way I was feeling after. And like I, I um, shared the other day, the, um, the, the emptiness that I felt of not having him with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the statistics that I was um, looking at says that part of it, um, or, or you're a higher risk if you had um, a, a traumatic um, birth or a labor. So um, in my case, it was. Um, I was, you know, I was not prepared for a, for a, um, for a preterm uh, pregnancy. And, you know, it was, it was a little devastating, but it wasn't, you know, um, it was a little hard to bring out my feelings at that time. Mm-hmm. So when I finally, you know, um, realized, I think I was like way deep in the hole and it was harder for me to get out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but part of, um, going back to when I, when I, um, I was told that I was going into pre uh, delivery, um, I thought, you know, the world fell on me and I didn't know what, you know, what to do. Yeah. I had never had anybody around me that had gone through that so for mm-hmm. me it was a little bit more difficult yeah. um to kind of you know navigate that because i had no idea what that meant and all they tell you is you're going to be okay the baby's going to be okay because of the weeks that you know that i had mm-hmm. and um i thought you know I, I was I was reassured, but at the same time, there was something deep inside of me that said, "Well, I've never heard of this. Like, I I'm not mm-hmm. sure if this is really going gonna you know if he's gonna survive." Mm-hmm. So that you know that fear is always there, but um, but then you know, I was in labor for maybe like four or five days, trying to you know because their goal was 
to try to delay the the delivery because yeah. every day for for a baby is um, inside of you. It's uh, crucial. It's crucial. Yeah. yeah. So they were um, telling me, you know, uh, we're gonna. They were doing all kinds of uh, tests and all kinds of uh, medication to try to um, to keep him in. Mm-hmm. But finally, they decided, you know what? There's nothing that we're doing that's working, so let's just break your water. And at that minute, or at that moment, I thought, you know, this is it. Like, it, it's either he's going to survive or not, mm-hmm. right? And so you hear all these, you know, you get the special team in um, for the for the, the NICU, and then you get the special team for the doctors. And so it's a little, you know, um, it, it's traumatic. And not only for your body, because you do take a, it, it takes a very um, big toll on your body, but mm-hmm. also mentally. And um, when he was born, I remember that they told me, if um, there's a higher chance of the baby surviving or having a, a better outlook if the baby cries when he's born. Yeah. So the minute that um, my baby was born, he started crying. Immediately, yeah. he started crying. So that was a little, like, reassuring yeah, for me. Definitely. But just to see, like, all the things that they were doing to him, all the, you know, stuff that they were Yeah, um, just with that within itself is traumatizing. It was, yeah. it was traumatizing. And then um, the fact that I couldn't hold him was a void yeah that it was like a huge void in me that I couldn't I couldn't feel even even though I was visiting him even though I was because my my um district was also delayed for about a week for mm-hmm. that purpose of you know the, I guess to be with him a little longer mm-hmm. so I was grateful for that but the day that I was um discharged it was like this is it, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then they tell you, you know, um, expect the worst and hope for the best. And so every day when I would come home, I would like, expect the, the worst. Yeah, like, I always course. thought they're going to call me in the middle of the night. And so every sound that the phone made, it was, like, my heart pound. <laughs> like, it was, like, yeah. you know, I, I thought it was something, something really bad. Terrible. Yeah. And, you know, luckily it didn't. It didn't happen that way. But, um... But throughout that time in the hospital, it was, um, you see, uh, you see, it's not just your child that you're, because at the NICU, there's different kinds. And, and mind you, this was a high risk NICU because he was, um, he was about 11 weeks, 12 weeks mm-hmm. premature. Mm-hmm. So he was, um, you know, he was in a high risk. Um, oh, I remember how yeah. tiny he was. Oh my he gosh. was two pounds. He was little. He yeah. was very tiny. And I wasn't able to hold, um, like I wasn't able to carry him physically yeah. until um, I think about a week and a half after he And was I can only imagine that born. within itself is like already something that's like traumatizing. Just that little bit because I know that once a woman gives birth, they automatically put that child on you yeah. so that they can feel their mother. So yeah. I can't imagine not having, like, that sense of intimacy with your child as, like, because you've already had a child before that and you knew that process. Mm-hmm. So this transition kind of, yeah, I can see the setback and, like, the questioning and a lot of fear that could have come through yeah. that. It's it's a big void that, that you get. And, you know, um, like I said, even though you're you're there, and I, I was constantly there, I was pretty yeah. much living in the hospital or in the NICU. But um, it, it's just you know the the feeling of having like given birth, but at the same time you really don't have your child with you. Yeah. So it it that's you know traumatic on on its own. But um, 
after that, you know, the, um, the impact when you bring him home, there were a lot of things that happened before, right before um, I was able to bring him home that also, I feel that also took a toll on me and, and not just me, like the whole family itself. Mm -hmm. um, one, of the, one of the things was we had a big issue with the insurance mm -hmm. because um, he was born at one hospital, but at the, the, the middle of the, of the stay, they told me, well, we can transfer you to another hospital if it's closer to your home mm -hmm. um, because my home hospital didn't have that high-risk uh, NICU. Uh -huh. So I agreed, not knowing what the consequences, like the financial consequences were yeah. going to be. And so when we get to the new hospital, they um, they present the first thing is they present me with this bill, and it's three hundred dollars per day, oh I believe gosh, it was. Yeah. Um, and if not, if you can't do that, then we're gonna have to look for a bed at you know at a county uh, hospital. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like, what's going on? Like yeah. I didn't ask for this, you know. Anyway, so every single day at, from there on, it was um, visiting my child, but it wasn't just like concentrating on or focusing on him, it was focusing on a social worker, um, therapist, somebody was always there every single time that I arrived. There was somebody there questioning me, trying to figure out a solution for, you know, for him to stay there. And it was just, you know, that also like, you know, um, added up. Yeah. So by the time that I, um, that I took him home, I think my mom was already like stressed out as well, mm -hmm. took a toll on her health. And the last day, the day that I was supposed to, because, I mean, I'm assuming that they that they do this for a reason, but the day before, or 24 hours before they, they release your child, they um, ask you to stay overnight so that you get, you know, used to your baby yeah. and most importantly to the schedule because they have them on a very strict schedule. Yeah. And so when, um, when the time came, my mom gets, um, hospitalized because um, she can't move her back just went out yeah. and you know they can't find what's what's wrong with her so I'm in the middle of the um, emergency room the NICU trying to figure mm -hmm. out like what I didn't have that time to bond with him yeah. and so when I brought him home everything was like brand new to me in terms of like what to expect because he was premature yeah. and by the time he got home he was only five pounds oh. so it was like a newborn but yeah. he was actually two months <laughs> Yeah. So it was, that was also another, another, you know, thing. I, I think that, you know, that, that added up another situation, but, um, but I think that's when it all started. I just didn't uh, acknowledge my feelings. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's going to be over. It's going to be okay. I have to move forward. I have to be strong, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, when that, you know, as time passed and it wasn't getting better, um, I kind of just, you know, went on my life. I didn't, you know, I didn't seek help. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then nine months later, it's when, um, not nine months, four, four months after I gave birth to him, I, nine months after I gave birth to my, my son, I, um, I was pregnant, and then four months after that is when I lost the, the baby girl. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think that, I was already, I feel like I was already in depression, and then adding, adding on, on to that the next was form like of trauma, the, yeah. yeah, that was like the the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> that really The like, tip of the iceberg yeah, right there. It was sure. just like, you know, I yeah. and, and I think by then I was already a ticking bomb. Like, mm -hmm. I 
it was it was bad. Okay. So um, going back to our first episode when I um, shared my story and how I kind of, you know, just moved on, mm-hmm. um, you know, in retrospect, if I had accepted, because I think that's, that's one of the most important things is for you to accept Acceptance. that you have, you know, you have a problem, you have something, you have an issue and, you know, you need to take care of it. And for me, it was um, doing things, going out, um, you know, even having um, a drink, things like that. And then it got to the point, um, and I also wanted to bring this out because um, this, you know, obviously we were having wine and, you know, and it's the name of our podcast. But um, I feel that it's very important to share this with you guys because um, alcohol can also trigger um, your your um, depression or other other mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to share a little bit about that, my experience with that. And I don't know if you remember, but there was like a couple times where a couple years actually that I, where I completely stopped. Yeah, I, um, I completely stopped alcohol, completely stopped caffeine, um, many things that triggered my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And part of it was because um, I was getting palpitations and I got scared. I, I, I was really scared because I there was times that I felt I was I was dying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, it was frustrating to go to the urgent care and then they tell you you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You just you know, you you just have anxiety or or none. Mm-hmm. If they would just say you're you're OK, you're fine. like your heart is fine. So but you're having physical feelings like you have you know symptoms and so um that's when I decided you know I'm gonna stop drinking for a while and it really did help me and to be honest there was a point where I thought maybe you know I got scared because I thought maybe I'm becoming an alcoholic like you know because I thought you know drinking would um make me feel better subsidize the pain yes exactly so you know um that also scared me like being being addicted to anything scares the living hell out of me. So, no, so that's, you know, I, I stopped. I stopped for a while and it did help. And, you know, and I wanted to share that with you guys because I feel that it's important that if you're going through something, um, any any um, mental health issue, that you don't um, use other substances. And not even just mental health, just like in anything. general, when you're going through it, like, there are so many other forms and just like, you know, alcohol and drugs, that's for sure. Like, mm-hmm. there's always ways to talk through your feelings and, you know, numbing your emotions is never the answer to anything. Exactly. So. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, so that that was my, um, my experience with, um, I, you could say, with trying to numb my my pain my grief Mm -hmm. with with alcohol and so I I stopped and um and you know and I was okay I you know again I at first I thought I I was I was afraid if I stopped this then I might you know if I'm addicted then I'm gonna suffer even more Mm -hmm. but you know um like I said thankfully I wasn't and I was able to to be okay without it I didn't need it I didn't crave I didn't even crave it it was funny because I I thought, you know, I'm going to crave it. Like, especially when we had, like, you know, get-togethers yeah. and everybody. We were, like, especially yeah. during, like, COVID, we yeah. were having parties and just, like, getting drunk for no reason. But we would always just, like, have family get-togethers and just yeah. crack open a bottle, you know. And so, 
I, I, now that you bring it up, I do remember that time where you had stopped drinking for a minute too. And I think that was even before we all started like drinking and hanging out with each other. Like it was just when we would all like chill and maybe have like one little thing here and there. But yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was an interesting time for me. Um, it was a time for, you know, of, um, of realizing a lot of things. Um, you know, it was a learning, learning time. Um, and a healing time as well. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to share that again because, um, like you said, it's not, it's not a way to numb or, or you know, ignore. or ignore cover your your feelings. Um, but you know, um, now that I'm aware and that I've gone through that, I'm okay to drink and I'm okay, you know, um, I'm okay. But, um, but I wanted to share that because I think it's very important and I. Um, I wouldn't want to, for this to be kind of a, a way of saying. Promoting. Yeah, exactly. That, that you know, <laughs> any form of substance it's, it's, it's is okay. the way to go, yeah. you know. No, it's absolutely not. And so. Um, yeah, I guess I'm my sure. question for you would be, do you think that, well, well not even do you think. Uh, was your form of like postpartum was it more just disconnect with Saul or did that disconnect you know cause you to feel strain on yourself in any way it was it was a disconnect um now I can tell you it was a disconnect um mm -hmm. it was hard for me to accept that to mm -hmm. be honest because when you have a child um it, any any feeling against not against your child but any feeling that can bring that um that rejection yeah sort well of any way. like normal motherly feeling that's yes. not there exactly. i feel like would make yes. you be like why, why? is it yes. not there so that was like my main thing my my biggest um my biggest issue i guess to accept and then once i realized like you know but it's normal because you know i can because i kind of I always think back, you know, like different, different, um, like different experiences. And again, the, the experience with my first child, it was totally different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but it took me time. It took me time to realize, you know, nothing is the same. There's no same birth. There's no same, you know, um, relationship with your, with your kids. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I accepted that, but, um, and then I fixed it, and mm -hmm. if it makes sense, um, in the way that um, when I lost the baby, I was very disconnected to him. I didn't carry him for a while because first because I was pregnant and I was at high risk, and then secondly because um, I had just given birth, and then I I kind of felt bad giving him that love, love. that yeah. I wasn't able to give, to give. my daughter. Mm -hmm. So um, it was yeah, it was very hard. For for me to accept that but again once I did it was um that connection with him mm -hmm. I think it, it became greater yeah because um like till this day he's now gonna be 10 and we're still you know we still cuddle and we still like <laughs> like a baby you know <laughs> and that relationship with my oldest is not the same mm -hmm. at his age we didn't we were not that lovey-dovey like we are with the little one mm -hmm. so it's you know um but it was, I guess it was accepting and then, you know, yeah. figuring out Working a way. Working towards, like, what yes. works for what child. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, but um, what I want to um, also um, 
say because um, part of the research that I did for for postpartum because yeah. one thing is for you to go through it and then another thing are statistics. So, yeah. yeah, and so one of the things that or things that I learned is that you know uh, one of the things that triggers it it's not just that you're having um, or, or one of the biggest triggers is that you um, already had depression in the past. So if you had depression in the past, you're at higher risk. If oh, you're having okay. uh, relationship problems, if you're having um, a lack of social um, support, lack of um, like you know like peer support. And also gonna... disclaimer: when we say high risk, like statistic wise, high risk anything doesn't mean that you are for sure going exactly. to experience it. High risk just means that there is more likelihood that it's possible. It's not <laughs> like 100%. for sure a hundred percent that you yes, are going to go absolutely. through it. Yes. So just to throw that out there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's important. Yeah, that's very important. And um, yeah, and so you know, um, the other thing that I also learned is that it's not just for for women that just give birth like it, you don't just have to give birth to a healthy child to go through postpartum mm -hmm. like there's other reasons like you know a miscarriage uh, even adoption like even oh. when you adopt a, a child you can go through postpartum and that mm -hmm. was something that I you know I was not aware of I mean to me it was obvious you know you lose a child you have a stillborn a miscarriage or any kind of you yeah. know um birth mm -hmm. but an adoption um it can also can also trigger really that so that's you know those are important facts but or, or statistics but um I know that you brought up um 10 to 20 percent of women are diagnosed with it and I honestly think that it could possibly be with the fact that most women before now like didn't even know what postpartum depression was and that just I I remember mm -hmm. hearing about it a long long time ago I think my mom had brought in brought it up to me before and I had no idea what it was until she brought it up to me so I can only imagine women that firsthand go through it have no idea what it's about and internalize it and hate on themselves and are so confused mm -hmm. as to what's going on and so those those stats like just tell you within itself like majority of those women are probably going through it and either hiding it and not understanding what's going on or yeah. know what's going on but are too afraid to speak out on it because they don't want to be seen as like a bad mother in any way. Yes, absolutely. And that that statistic is um it's for diagnosed mm -hmm. women. It's not, you know, and like I said um earlier, there is um a, a high percentage of under um diagnosed women. Mm -hmm. So the that percentage could you know easily be very, you know, very mm -hmm. different than that, very higher. So um yeah, but those those are um, those are the statistics as of you know what what, what has what, been di um, yeah. diagnosed. But yeah, that's so that's my story. That's wow. my. Honestly, when it comes to postpartum, I, I firsthand have always, always, always been afraid. Not to call my mom out, but my mom, when she brought it up to me, she had told me, she was like, I think you're more than likely going to go through it because of my history with depression and stuff like that. And I have always been in such like major fear of that. And I've always been like, oh my God, like I'm gonna like not feel connected to my baby in the future. I'm 21. I don't even need to be thinking about that anytime soon. But like, I... I also took a step back like recently after hearing your story and stuff like that and started to realize like it doesn't have to always 
be complete disconnect with your baby it can just be disconnect with your body like within itself I've heard women that go through postpartum that struggle physically because of the way that they look and I think that's when I when I looked at and realized I think that's what my mom was talking about because of my anorexia and like you know my body dysmorphia and stuff like just that within itself feeling like your body isn't your body anymore and your body like did something that is so traumatic like giving birth is just I can't like I can't even begin to think (laughs) on how crazy that is it's the most wonderful thing that a woman can go through but it's also the most traumatic thing that your body can take yeah and so you know it's a combination and you know I guess you know yeah it's it's very difficult but um but again it's to me, it has been the most wonderful thing that has ever happened to me, mm-hmm. um, despite you know all the the circumstances the and the yeah. yeah. But um, but it has been the most wonderful thing, and I think that um, that is also very important. Um, a lot of the times, and I I think that helped me out a lot, and that's a really good point to bring out um, as far as your body because. A lot of women, um, when you go through through birth, you know, you there's a lot of things that are never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, you know, the few that bounce right back. And yeah. then you're like, wait a minute. like How come my how body come didn't do the same? Right? But you have to understand that you had a human being inside. Like, there is no way it's going to... I mean, you're very lucky if you do bounce back right away. But yeah. most of it, you're not. Yeah. And everybody's different. Every, yes. every single person, every human is going to experience something physically different from everyone else. There's going to be someone that will get a flat tummy, like, to, I don't know, maybe a month after giving birth. And there's people that won't. And we also have to come to accept and acknowledge that our body is different from everyone else's. And, yeah. Yeah. but it's very hard and yeah for what, sure yeah. And it's never was, easy it, yeah it, it's very it's very difficult but what I was gonna say or, or add is that um when your um partner supports you with that mm-hmm. like when you when they um instead of 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 making you feel bad they make you feel good that helps out a lot and yeah. I had that with my with my husband mm-hmm. um he was very supportive and every time I would even even when I was pregnant like with my first child I would the first time I saw like stretch marks I was like freaking out and he was like don't worry about it like yeah. it's part of it like don't freak <laughs> out like, you know and like supportive in that in that sense you know mm-hmm. and and Sometimes you, you, well, at least at that point, at that time, I took it as you don't understand, like you don't know what it is, right? And they, they probably will never understand, but just the fact that they, you know, support and they still love what they see, Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's important. Like, sure, they better love what they see. They made me have a baby. So it's a two way street. (laughs) I know, but men, (laughs) shoot. Yeah, no, no, no. You, it it was a two player game and now we're here. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But not every man think that way. No, unfortunately. So that was, that was my experience um, with postpartum depression. And um, if you're going or if you feel that you're going through something like that, um, please take um, help because it's very important, especially if it gets diagnosed um, in an early stage, there's a higher chance that you can get out of it sooner mm-hmm. um, and that you don't, you know, you don't prolong the, the recovery because it's, yeah. it's hard. Well, I commend you for, you know, being able to go through that and create 
this family that you have because I adore your children. You know that. Those, you. those are my babies. I love Thank them. You. Seeing them all big makes me cry, especially Saul and, you know, hearing more about what you got, what you went through and like what you still go through. And I can't imagine and I commend you for that. 100%. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you. Appreciate that. So, but yeah, that was Wine Talk episode three. Oh my gosh. I know. It's, going by fast but it it's, it's awesome it's yes. awesome i'm very love excited yeah. we love it we're having a really good time being on this side of the camera and i hope you guys are enjoying all of the podcasts and if you're on youtube i hope you enjoy watching us have these chats and stuff but yeah seems like we're gonna wrap now we'll see you guys on the next episode yeah. episode four wow episode four bye, bye. bye. cheers, cheers. <laughs>